Welcome to We Are Free. I am your host, Becky Marquecho, and you're listening to episode 21. This is a podcast about letting go of what we think our lives should look like and the sweet freedom God has for us on the other side of surrender. My guest today is my friend, Ashlyn Carter. Ashlyn is a copywriter and marketing strategist specializing in the wedding and creative industries. She works with clients like Jenna Kutcher, Caitlin James, Hillary Rushford, Laura Casey, and more. Ashlyn lives in Atlanta and convinces her husband and baby boy to go with her to grab margaritas and tacos weekly. That is a great idea, Ashlyn. <laughs> I'm I sure they don't. Does, the taco Wes, culture. does Wes actually mind? I'm sure he doesn't. <laughs> Not a bit. We're big taco connoisseurs. Yeah, good, good. Uh, welcome to We Are Free. I'm so grateful to have you here. Oh, Becky, buddy, I'm honored. Mm. I really am. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, yeah. Ashlyn and I live on opposite sides of the country, so we mainly see each other at conferences and I feel like it's like we see each other it's like sounds like some romantic comedy like we see each other we lock eyes and like we come and hug and I feel like we like spill our hearts in like 30 second increments but it's always so refreshing um you guys Ashlyn is crazy talented um crazy she this girl has a way and a gift with words but my favorite thing about her honestly is her vulnerability and all the conversations we've ever had she never hesitates to be like, hey, I'm nervous about this or this is what's going on and like just giving it to me straight. And I feel really lucky that everybody gets to hear a little piece of that today. Um, so just thanks for being here, friend. Well, thanks. And thanks for your kind words with that. Mm-hmm. Like I know my story will unfold today. I just feel like from what from what has been in my, I was not always like that. And I think from what has been in my past now, I'm just like, well, I got nothing to lose. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You guys, Ashlyn and I are going to talk about a heavy kind of serious topic. Um, But my hope and the reason I wanted to have her on is because I know there are other women out there struggling with and dealing with and facing and living in the midst of an eating disorder. Um, so we're going to dive in and Ashlyn's going to tell us her story and we're going to chat about all of that. So Ashlyn, if you can kind of just paint the scene for us, like five years ago, what was your life like? Where were you at? Um, how did all this happen? Oh, Becky, this is the coolest question because literally five years ago, this would have been right. I mean, this is looking at the calendar. This is the week before my husband proposed, which is really what set everything in motion for, where I stand, like where my feet are planted today. So five years ago, I um, I live in Atlanta and I was a publicist for a chef in his restaurants. And um, at least I thought it was really glamorous. And what I mean, he was kind of like well known in Atlanta. Like I was pitching and landing him in magazines like Bon Appetit and USA Today. So like he had some clout with him. And um, I definitely had bought into the glamour of that and like addicted to my job mm-hmm. and just like. Um, or I mean, workaholic for sure. But I was also, I had a side hustle as a wedding calligrapher, just doing um, envelopes for brides, kind of just as a uh, stress reliever. I'm not really sure looking back that it was a stress reliever, <laughs> but it felt good to make something with my hands after typing all day. So um, I was dating Wes. We were really serious. We had dated, um, Wes is younger than me. Uh, yeah, girl. <laughs> yeah, Cougars. That's right. said the same thing. We both cougared. Um, Wes is... We met in college and we're back and forth for about four years before like breakup, get back together, breakup, get back together before we really like it was it was on. And so we were um, in a sweet spot in our relationship and about to get engaged. And I think uh, I just had a lot of stress on my plate at the time. And it really started. I mean, our, yeah, we're here. We are talking in January. I decided to do Whole30 because I 
nothing against that plan. I think it, for some people, it really works. For me, I'm a rules oriented person. I like, I don't know a ton about the Enneagram. I've been told I'm a one. I think I've told you you're a one. (laughs) That's right. I like, I am just, um, yeah, I, I like justice. Like I am all about the rules. And so whole 30 was probably not the best foray. And, um, I did that and I just got addicted to the counting and the measuring because I could not hold like everything else was like sand slipping through my fingertips. But I could tell you how exactly how much I ate. I could tell you exactly how many minutes in spin class with my Fitbit on I needed to cancel out that number. Like it was it was just math. I, I wasn't trying to lose weight for my wedding. Like I was fine with how I was, but it just was something to control. And so that is where I was five years ago. This all started. Mm-hmm. Um, I had had. Oh, like um, some issues in the past for sure grew up classically trained ballerina and like um, wanted to go into a company ended up going into college so like I'd struggled with you know I stared at myself in a leotard and tights in a mirror for 15 years yeah um, there was there were some seeds planted but um, that's where I was five years ago yeah um, so what I'm just curious did what yeah. how was Wes with some of this like when this season like what was it like in your relationship so good, Becky. Um, these are I love these questions too because these are the ones that I don't talk about a lot. Um, nobody asks. I so we he started to notice around like Jill. I mean, the way slid off. I again, I was not even like it was to me. It was counting. It was math. Did you and, note it? Like you noticed? Mm, you have- I noticed. Uh-huh. I didn't think anybody else noticed. Okay. And I didn't know that everybody else could also tell. So like when you're starving your body, like there's lots of types of eating disorders, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mine was a anorexia. Mm-hmm. And so I was starving myself and I would also like binge on the back end of it. But I um, was rapidly losing weight. I didn't think anybody could notice what they could also notice was because there are other like psychological and biological effects. So like um, being cold all the time, mm-hmm. losing some hair, um, arm hair growing. Uh, there's just not that my arms look like, like gorilla arms or anything. That was <laughs> like Jesse's. Like, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> right, babe. Like, like, man arms coming out, but there's just like biological things happening. And then psychologically um, your body's kind of in flight or fight mode. And so like um, just very skittish, very like my anxiety went through the roof, social anxiety. I remember my birthdays in June. And I, um, I, Wes picked me up. I was sobbing on my way to my birthday. Cause I was like, I am, I just don't want to be around people. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was petrified to be around groups of people. Um, uh, I was really quiet at work all this time being a publicist. Like I have to arrange events yeah. and like organize people together and have media dinners and, um, just the social anxiety, was out of this world. And that, that triggered then the depression and, I definitely, I mean, I'll get into it later, but um, I definitely wondered what it would like to, um, I never like thought about har- harming myself, but mm-hmm. just wondered what it would be like to not exist anymore. Mm-hmm. I was just so, cause I knew I was bringing other people down. So all this to say, how could you not notice that right. when you're engaged to somebody? So Wes noticed he would not say anything cause he was petrified that that would then trigger me more. Yeah. Um, 
in July, I went home for my last wedding dress fitting and I had a tank top on and I walked into lunch with my parents and my grandfather and my parents didn't say anything, but we got home and they sat me down. They said, what happened? And I lost it. And I was like, I don't know. I have no idea what's going on. Like, I can't stop it. Mm. I don't know. Like, I'm really sad right now. Um, and I was like, can you please, like, it was a big, like I'm from a small Southern town. It was a big wedding. I was like, can we please just get through these next two weeks and um the wedding was in July yeah in August August okay yeah and so (laughs) it was just like please just like I mean I I could like cry I was just begging them like let's just please and I will get help I will figure this out um I drove home that day and my mom my mom told me you have to promise us you're going to talk to us about this when you when you when your feet land in Atlanta you will go meet Wes and you tell him about this and so I did and they had already called him on mm-hmm. the, my way home and told him like and so and that was the first time that I realized that he had been afraid this whole time to bring it up because he was worried that he was going to um, make it worse mm-hmm. that's yeah. crazy so what did yeah. you say to Wes how did that go um, I, I mean, I t- same kind of thing. Like I knew I needed, I knew I needed help. Like I'd started to realize this was not normal. And, but at the same time, at the same time, I was still, I, I liked it. I liked my eating disorder. I liked having control. I liked, I mean, it's so sick, Becky, but I liked being able to like trigger myself by seeing certain things. And I liked, because I, I had control. I was at least I thought, you know, like mm-hmm. that's the thing. I thought for I, this was all under my thumb, and I, I was the one calling the shots on this. So I think like I was paying lip service, saying like I, um, no, I need to get help. I know, I know, I'm sad, and this is wrecking. It's a wrecking ball thing. But anyway, he, I mean, bless his heart. It was, it was rough. And then like, can I fast forward to my wedding? Is that okay? Is it yeah, you go for later? it. Okay. So I, I mean, I was sickly thin that I just like look back at pictures and I remember a rehearsal dinner that night getting through to the end of it. This is like crazy, but this just to show you how my, how being around people and how I was so messed up, like just, uh, like just not trusting, not I don't know what my prayer life was like. I think I was just begging for, I felt like this like dark shadow figure like creeping had just like captured me and I could not get out. Like I was just, I was, it it was mental illness and issues. And I just remember my best friend, she was giving a speech, a talk and she was talking about when Wes comes over and something about the way she said made it and not, not that there's, I'm not like casting shame on it, but right. Wes and I had not slept together. Like we were, we were waiting until we got married, but the way she said it made it sound like we did. And something about that triggered in me. I was like, I thought my entire family thinks that, you know, I'm some, I don't know what I, I it set off something in me that night. I could not sleep. I woke up, um, like I did sleep a little and I woke up, I remember I got up at four and I just started running and I ran like 11 miles. This is on your wedding morning. day. 
on my wedding day and my parents like couldn't find me. <laughs> like, ha- like I was so sick. Um, my mom invited a bunch of her friends to come over and put hands on me and pray for me. I don't remember much of that day until like my parents were like, do we need to cancel this wedding? Like mm-hmm. it was kind of around like 1 PM that I started to come through and like, by God's grace, I remember like the ceremony and I actually like really enjoyed the reception and everything, but I was so, so sick. Um, I could not, we couldn't have sex. My body wouldn't allow, like, again, fight or flight mode. Like, um, this is, do you want, like, I'll. You tell me whatever you want, whatever is on your heart. Okay. I, um, if you've ever heard, and I know somebody listening has probably heard of this because I felt really alone. Uh, There's a, there's a condition called vaginismus. And it was like, mm, my body would not allow us. And so I like the shame of all that on top of everything here, this guy's waited as right. you know, 27 years. And I felt like that was completely my fault. It ended up being like six months later. We're fine. But <laughs> that was like that coupled on top of everything. I just remember like waking up after our wedding night, just being like, this is a disaster. What, ha- like, yeah. I like, what have I done? Mm-hmm. What have I done? And um, that's really the moment I realized I need to get, I need to get help. And not just going somewhere. My mother-in-law is the one she was like, she stepped in. She, she had been, um, done some HR work in the past and she knew how to put in for FMLA, um, medical leave of absence. And, um, she helped me put in the paperwork and, um, my mom came over from Alabama and we went to, um, an eating disorder clinic in Atlanta for me to do some testing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm checking off all the boxes and, we finished the reporting and we go into the head psychologist's office and he was like, you know, I'm going to recommend you come in for partial hospitalization because you show the signs of um, clinical depression, generalized anxiety and anorexia nervosa. And I remember that moment I like looked in and I was like, thank you so much for your opinion. But like, I'm actually, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, it is. And so um, that, yeah, like kind of getting hit with that is the trigger of what put me into um stepping away from this glamorous job, I thought, and going into hospitalization. I was 27 years old. I thought this does not happen Mm -hmm. to people my age. Like this is a 14 year old girl problem. What is wrong with me? Mm -hmm. And I felt so I couldn't understand why we couldn't pray our way out of this. I couldn't understand where like God was completely absent from like, I, I felt so alone. And I also had a lot of shame because I had a great upbringing, you know, and for some reason, yeah, like why this problems like this didn't happen to girls like me is what mm. I felt like. So that was a lot, but that was um, the really messy, yeah, the messy story. Do you feel like it's from your experience in it all? Like, is it a? Do you think it's a personality trait? Mm-hmm. Like the need to control? Like, what do you feel mm-hmm. outside yeah. of that? Or like. Becky, there's, that's good. Yeah, I definitely like, especially after being in. There's tendencies of all, and I mean, that's the thing I get in there and there's a 60 year old woman. There's women a lot older than me. There are women a lot younger than me, but I will say, I think it was a trait that a lot of women, all different backgrounds, all different types, but it did seem to be like a trait that I think a lot of us, um, had a little bit of like perfectionist controlling by nature, which I think is a lot of women truly. And it just, um, had me, that's what I learned to eating disorders are not a vanity thing. Like it's very, it doesn't start with like a drive to be beautiful as much as like a drive to 
have control over something. Mm -hmm. Um, That was one pattern I definitely recognized. Mm -hmm. How did you heal? How did that process start? Like, I hated recovery. I remember I, I was furious at everybody for like putting me in this position. But I mean, I, I mean, now looking back, they, those people saved my life. Um, I, those, I just, Oh, I hated sharing. <laughs> I hated sitting in the circle and talking about things. So like, funny because now you speak all the time and I know that you include this. Yes. Like, look at how God shattered me. Mm. And like, he is, so, he redeems from the pit of death because I was knocking on death's door. And I, I mean, I remember like, yeah, sitting at these tables and like having to assess our feelings about our food in front of us. And I was like, this is for the birds. This is so dumb. Like, I don't want to eat this food. I don't want to eat in front of anybody. And then like bit by, like they know what they're doing. These therapists know what they're doing. And so um, I ended up maybe like a month in, I was like, you know, like I can buy into, like, I, I wanted to get better Mm -hmm. at that point. And, um, it was, it was, it was probably the hardest work I've ever done because it was, it was mental gymnastics to like get your, it's the best, um, a cognitive therapist described it. She was like, it's like, you take a safety pin and you drag it through a soap bar. And if you drag it and you drag it and you drag it, you're going to form a little valley, a little dip, right? So what you're doing in therapy is you're taking that pin, you're dragging it a new way and you're trying to drag it until you form a new way of thinking. And so all of that work to like get your thoughts to reorient um, was really difficult. But I, I mean, I, I don't think I could have done that if I did not pull away from work. Yeah. Um, so that was, it was ex- super expensive. Like, I, we, I mean, I started my business on the other side of that. And that was like, that was hard. We had a ton for a year. I just remember seeing all these medical bills, but it was all worth it. Right. Um, so yeah, I ended up uh, that Christmas, that Christmas Eve, that new year. I just remember being like, I'm done. I'm done. I remember like feeling the Lord just being like, and that isn't the past. Like that is not your identity. We are moving on. And, um, yeah, pretty much in the new year. I mean, by by God's grace, I I didn't relapse. I haven't relapsed. Um, I, it was so it was so terrible. I mean, that in the fullest of the word, like mm-hmm. it was it was her, so horrific that I it was easy to just turn from once I saw the light. Yeah. What was your relationship with God? I know you said like you felt mm-hmm. like alone and abandoned and in this like dark shadow, like in the early mm-hmm. part of it. And then at yeah. the end, like he's there and you don't see any other way. Like what did that middle look like? How What did that middle look like? That's, yeah, I think I like slowly started to see he'd been there all along. And like, it was, there, it was just so shrouded by, I mean, the enemy's, the enemy, I just like, like it's like a bird's talons and claws. Like I just it was so deep, like I was so deep in the enemy's grip that I couldn't see the Lord on the other side of that. But it's like slowly once that grip started to loosen and I understood that was the first time I think I really understood the power of the cross and the power of um, like Christ's blood covering things and being like, I just had never understood freedom before. So I think it was just like talent by talent. They were just like pulled off. And I started to understand, like I was operating under, under sin. Like I just, I was operating under a sin vocabulary. And that was what, 
that's why I think mental illness, and I'll talk about medicine too, because I think, you know, I for a long time had thought, um, actually, Louis Giglio had a podcast around this time where he talked, or a sermon and turned into a podcast, where he talked about his relationship with depression and how um, he's a big believer in medicine. And it was kind of through that and through ACE, Atlanta Center for Eating Disorders, that I started to understand, like, there is value in medicine. And I actually think that was a big, like the Lord used that because it just gave me, uh, and I still, I mean, I yeah. still take anxiety medication that gave me brain space. Like I couldn't see past the enemy's talons and I couldn't see anything because I could not, my racing thoughts were so detrimental. So I, I mean, I am a big believer in like there, like there are some crazy talented scientists that are able to put together things like that. So that was another big piece that helped me understand and be able to have the brain space and the clarity to see what the Lord was doing when I couldn't get out of that. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, yeah, God's you, good. Yeah, so good. So you still have like your same personality and like control, perfectionism. And if you are a one, if it's true, <laughs> I'm a one, so I get it. Um, do you... Like how, do you still have some of the fears or stresses or things that you dealt with five years ago, like now in your life? And if you do, like, what do you do with them now? Yeah, that's so good. Um, a couple of things. I think a big, a big trigger for me was work, um, working for someone. I think that the fact that, and maybe, maybe it is now that I can control my schedule, I, I can I pretty much have to actually improve my business because I know my tendencies to work can be detrimental if I let them. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I I know I could work 24-7-365 and be so happy. I know also that that will kill me and my family in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, so that like I really have to like when I say Ashland proof systems I have in place like um you know an accountability that I have both with Wes but also with like mastermind coaches like I, I, and my team, like I, if I'm going to say that I have a stop at this time, or I am focused on this thing at this time, I have to live up to that. That's why like, my batching, my task and all of that is really important. Cause yeah, like I do still struggle with like, you know, this ambition and this drive and this, but I know that on the other, like that comes at a huge cost for me. So yeah, um, yeah I do still struggle with that kind of stuff. And I think I have to, I, part of the reason I like talk about working from a place of rest, like I, I really believe you walk into your own wisdom and um, you say, you teach sometimes the things you need to hear. And that is kind of a public accountability too. Like people know that about me. So like, I need to, I need to live up to that standard. Right. Um, I think as far as like food itself, we, if I am in a stressful time period, Wes does, he's like, what'd you eat for dinner? You know, like he just, we do have checkpoints where we kind of make sure like, I'm not regressing. Right. Yeah. You know, and I have it, but, um, pregnancy was a big deal for me. Cause I was really worried that, um, I was really worried and I was worried also on the back end of that, like losing weight, mm-hmm. would I get controlling again? And I didn't, um, I think, I had a lot of 
a lot of planning in place with, um, like I talked to my doctor about it and I was set up with a therapist. Um, I went to them a few times before I went to them after I had tell just to check. And like, I, um, continue to stay on medication. They monitored that because yeah, I was, I continued to express like a big concern is that I'm going to relapse. And so there was a lot of like medical checking in too, to make sure that that didn't happen. That's so good. You take such responsibility for your life. I mean, I think it'd be easy to just be like, I don't know, let things slide. But the fact that you're so determined and your heart is like, no, I do not want to go there. Like you're doing hard things and vulnerable things. Be like, hey, this was my struggle. And like, it's still potentially a struggle. Like help me. I think it takes a lot of bravery to like over and over again, say to somebody like, nope, I still need help. Help me, help me, please help me. Like, I don't think that that comes easily. So. Well, you're kind to say that it just, it was like, it was so bad. It was so, it was, I was taught, we were talking about divorce two months into marriage. I was like, we have made a big mistake. Like I need to set, like, like I thought about, being eliminated from the picture, like taking myself out of the picture. Cause I was like, I have cost Wes his, his happiness, his lively. Like it was so awful that that is what keeps me thinking. Like I'll do anything. I'll do anything not to go back there because it just, the other side, like the freedom and the light has been so good that I'll do anything to stay to stay under the Lord's wing right there. What, how has God surprised you? Like in the healing, in even you speaking about it and sharing your story, how has he shown up in ways that like Mm -hmm. you just had no clue that this is what, how it would go down? That's precious. Okay. There's a couple of things. I think uh, I remember like saying, God, if we, like, if we get through this, I'm talking about it because I just, like I had alluded to, I felt really alone. Um, And so, I mean, at least multiple times a week, like two to three times a week, somebody either in my DMs or email will come forward and like say that it's helped them. And that's cool because that, that is what I would have wanted to like, just to know that it was normal or like that to have seen somebody get through it would have been really helpful. So that's been cool to see like the Lord multiply what he's been doing. I mean, he's, that's what he's in the business of doing. He always multiplies. And so that has been a cool surprise. Um, and I have three, a second is just, uh, our, the strength of our marriage. I think that we went through hell, literal hell in those first few months that getting on the other side of that, I don't, it's kind of like you and me, baby. Like mm-hmm. we, you know, like, yeah, we, got because yeah. That we can do just, anything. We, yeah. Like that was, that was so awful. And we, yeah, now it's just, I just, he's my partner. He's my comrade. Like it just, I can't imagine. Like Wes's faithfulness was um, only of the Lord strength because it, I could not have lived with myself. (laughs) And um, so that's been a cool surprise. It's just like marriage ever since. And then the third, and I wish I could find it, but I had this, I remember one exercise we did in therapy was like sketching out your dream life. And so I'm like all into this, like, yeah, give me the markers. (laughs) And I remember sketch, this is like still while I was a publicist for um, Ford and his restaurants. And like I drew in, I drew this room. It was a corner bedroom that we have our house. I drew a little desk and a computer and me writing. We didn't have a dog. I drew a dog curled up on the floor. And like, I mean, I wish you could see where I'm sitting right now. Mm -hmm. There's usually a dog in here. 
corner, me writing, like I have, like the Lord was able to kind of give a prophetic vision over and then allow me to walk into it. And like, in his good, like, he's just so good. That's, I'm not, I'm not one, like, I'm not one to dreams. Like I'm not like, that's not my thing. <laughs> that I like. This does not happen to me a lot. So that was a cool surprise too, that he um, like spoke a vision over something that I wanted to create after all this. And he made it happen, which yeah. is really, that's incredible. Yeah. Was there a time? I like, find that picture. Yeah. No, that's what you need to hang it up in your office. I should. Your she shed. Is that what you call it? (laughs) I love it. I love it. Ashlyn, um, if there are women listening that Mm -hmm. are like in that same boat where you were five years ago, like, first of all, like they probably know, but what, I have a couple of questions. One, like, what are some red flags? What are some things where you like, no, this isn't okay. Or yes, I do need help. Or um, no, I can't do this by myself. What are some red flags? So good. I think one of the biggest, and people ask me a lot, um, like what my friend or my daughter is showing signs, what do I do? Mm. And the hard thing, and my mom actually, if anybody is listening to this, my mom actually like talks to a lot of people about this because um, she, we didn't know how to handle that. And my mom was saying things to me that I didn't want to hear, but she didn't know how to say it. So I think like my, like listening to your friends and family with a grain of salt. And I know like, hear me out. I know you don't want to hear them say anything. Mm-hmm. I know that you think they're wrong. I, I know that. I know that they probably are wrong. They probably aren't saying it the right way. They don't know how to say it um, to you. They don't know how to get you help. But I think that is a red flag. Like if you're starting to see concerns from friends or family or them even like toe to bring it up, that is a telling sign. And I'm just in grace, except that they really have no idea how to say this just the way that you have no idea how to tell them what you want them to hear. Uh, that was like a big a red flag. Um, I mean, I think anytime I, I, I think dieting and stuff is, I mean, just my opinion, a little dangerous. If you already have an inclination, um, towards certain things, I think labeling foods as with morals, you know, like good foods and bad foods, like there are so many good eating resources out there that can train you. Well, I think if you find yourself, um, here's the last thing I'll say, um, like, uh, craving finspo, uh, like you follow accounts or on Instagram, or, you know, you're addicted to certain newsletters because they give tips on stuff. Like if you, that's so good. If you're like filling your mind with that stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Like we're told that from what we fill our, like that's what you see in front of you is what that's exactly what scripture tells us. But, um, that is really dangerous. It can, I mean, I think it's very dangerous. And I think that is, um, it's easy to say you're just like, you know, being healthy and stuff. But I think if you're constant, like if you're addicted to that, um, that can be, that can be a sign that just maybe look out. Yeah, no, that's really good. I like that practical stuff a lot. And then on the other side of it, what encouragement or um, advice, not like red flag wise, but just yeah. like for their hearts. Like if somebody is in this, or afraid of relapsing or whatever it is, like what encouragement do you have? Like if how you stand with me at those conferences and we hold each other's arms and we do like yes. spill our hearts, like what would you say to this girl? Yes, hang on, hang on. Your life is precious. Like I know what it's like to feel like you're, I mean, there's so much good suicide awareness out there now, I think. And like, we understand how it is a very selfish move, but you when you feel like you're a bother to everybody and you're bringing everybody down, it can easily feel like 
well, if I was just gone, if I just like, if I just stepped away, everybody could get on with their lives. And that is the complete opposite of what happens if you weren't there. So like, hang on sister. Um, it is a fight worth taking. It is a fight worth sacrificing your job. Do not be, I was so, I was so worried I would get fired after I took leave of absence. I'm sorry that like life or Mm -hmm. your job, like, come on. But I was so concerned. Um, it's worth, it's worth it. It's worth all those sacrifices to get help. And there's some incredible help out there too. Yeah. That's so good. Ashlyn, one, the last thing I like to ask everybody is yes. what do you feel that God has set you free from? Uh, perfection. Yeah. Perfection. And there, have you ever read Tim Keller's book, um, The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness? I haven't. Mm-mm. Oh, but it is like, book is a um, generous term. It's like a booklet. It's very small. And I read it over break. And in it, it's talking about how Paul, and I think it's a letter to the Corinthians where he's talking about, um, he doesn't, he says like, I don't have a high opinion of myself because I don't have an opinion of myself. Like the Lord is my only judge. I don't care. Like, I wouldn't care if I have a lot of attention on me. I wouldn't care if I have no attention on me. I just don't care about myself and my opinion of myself. And that I think is like what I'm learning. I want to be more like Paul in that way. And I just don't want to, the Lord is my judge. And I don't want to care about, you know, if I don't want to care about the world's opinion of me in a way that is so soul sucking. Like it was, I just worried so much about what I looked like and what I was showing up like and how in control I seemed and how glamorous my job was. And I was, that is just, the Lord set me free from all, like, I, I think that's why I'm so open about things. Cause I'm like, I, I really don't care what your opinion of me is. Like I have one judge and I will do, I want to do what he tells me to do every day. Um, so that's what he set me free from. Cause I really cared about what other people thought about me. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for yeah. sharing just your heart and your story. You're such a mm-hmm. light. Um, where can listeners follow along, um, with what you're doing in your life? Yeah. I like Instagram the best of Mm -hmm. all the platforms. Um, Ashlyn S. Carter is my handle. And then, um, Ashlyn writes like handwriting is my website. Awesome. Thanks so much, friend, for being on the show. I'm honored. Thanks again for chatting through with me. Yeah. Again, don't forget to check out the show notes where we have all of the info and links and resources we talked about in the show. You can go to beckymorquecho.com, B-E-C-K-Y-M-O-R-Q-U-E-C-H-O.com. Thanks for listening in.